who do you turn to for advice? Sometimes your best friend's brother's cousin's aunt just isn't good enough. What then? Ask Sarah. In the same tradition of Dear Abby, Sarah is a gently blunt, practical, and wise advisor who brings with her a wealth of personal and professional knowledge coupled with gentle humor. Sarah offers inspiration and advice to help you live more fully and powerfully in your own life. Tune in every day to connect with the information and ideas you need to hear. Ah, Welcome to another segment of Sarah Says. It's my delight to be with you as always. Today I'm going to be visiting with Kelly Decker, a family law attorney, and Dr. Curleen Neely, who is a family and marriage therapist. And today we're going to be talking about marriage, and I should say the institution of marriage, because I know those of us who have been married consider that perhaps we should be institutionalized. <laughs> but what we're going to do is we're going to talk in the first part, uh, we're, first half of the show, we're going to be talking about prenuptial agreements and the power that they offer women and men in relationships. And the second half, we're going to be hypothesizing about shifting from till death to us part type marriages to marriage contracts. So first of all, I would like to have um, our call-in guest, Dr. Curleen Neely. She is calling in from San Antonio, Texas, and she, she has a robust marriage and family uh, therapy practice down there. Uh, Dr. Neely, if you would just take a moment and introduce yourself to those folks who are listening. Awesome. I'm so excited you, Sarah. Like you said, I have a family and marriage practice in San Antonio, Texas, but primarily our focus is really on empowering women to live better lives, just helping them not make the mistakes that we've traditionally made in relationships, in our careers, just to do things better and do them differently. Excellent. And uh, my other guest, I'm actually sitting in her offices in Fort Worth, Texas, is Kelly Decker. She is with Decker Pool Attorneys. Kelly, tell the folks a little bit about you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Kelly Decker, I have a law firm in Fort Worth, Decker Pool. I am board certified in family law. I've been practicing law for 12 years. I am happily married, and I have three kids. I'm a baby buncher. They are ages 5, 4, and 20 months. Baby Buncher, that's a new one. <laughs> and Curleen, don't you like how she says she's happily married? I guess the, that was a good quantifier for uh, <laughs> for the conversation. Hey, some people can make this work, so we also have to look at that, right? Yeah, the, uh, and I will say I'm a slow learner. I'm on my third husband, but we've been together almost 20 years, and we are indeed happily married. So um, let's first talk about uh, – I want to talk about prenuptial agreements, and I want to approach it from the perspective of the legal first, and so we'll have Kelly talk about that. And then, Dr. Neely, I want to have you chime in on how women, I think, the women I've talked to, the sampling of women i talk to look at um, prenuptial agreements almost as an insult to the relationship. So I'd love for you to address the psychological considerations in that. So, Kelly, start uh, the conversation today about prenuptial agreements and how those can offer power to women who are looking to enter into marriage. Thank you. Okay, so prenuptial agreements are really designed to change the outcome of a divorce and or a death differently from how the law would treat the individuals. So, for example, marriage traditional marriage can be very oppressive to women. Uh, I think 
statistics would show that women tend to take less dominant careers when they have children and they come out of the marriage either in a divorce or death in a less empowered place. Then you'll find the community property laws in Texas either at divorce or death don't provide the uh, the outcome that their spouse had promised them. So, for example, I'm going to take care of you. My inheritance is going to take care of us. Or I will invest in retirement. Don't worry. We will take care of this. Um, those rules go out the door in the family courts. And so in order to safeguard women from that, they can enter into a prenuptial or a postnuptial agreement that secures the agreement that they have with their spouse. You're not negotiating with your spouse or your potential spouse. You're saying, hey, you're telling me that it's okay for me to take a less dominant career because we're going to use some other asset or you're going to, we're going to apply some fund later on in our marriage. So I want that put in writing. You can also do some fun things like if you cheat on me, I get more, or if you have a drug problem, I can have random drug tests and things like that. So you can get really exciting. But for the most part, it's securing agreements that you have that go out the door when you file for divorce or there's a death. You know, one of the things I would love for the listeners to take into consideration is that many times, particularly on uh, older women marrying younger men or younger women marrying older men, we're talking about the different assets that come into play, that I may own a business when I meet a younger guy or I, my second or third husband may, you know, I have a business, I enter into the business, I enter into the relationship with all these things. And so, Dr. Neely, would you address, I think it's important that um, we talk about the emotional and psychological considerations about how women look at these pre- and post-nuptial agreements as some sort of a insult to the relationship. What are your thoughts? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I think what happens to a lot of women is that, you know, we're socialized since we're little girls to think about the white dress and to think about, you know, we're going to marry and have kids and the dog and all these things. And so women often let that emotional piece rule over logic. And so when we enter into these intimate relationships, for some women, the most um, vulnerable they've ever been in their life, they put logic on the back end and run with emotion. And so I think... Part of the reason we see women often getting taken advantage of, uh, to be honest, in relationships, especially when they end, is because that logical hasn't been there. I really think what's happening, though, emotionally for the woman is that women kind of get that in order for something so serious as a marriage to work, that vulnerability and this kind of attitude of I'm going to risk it all has to be there. But they've assumed that the only way we can get it there is by having no rules. And I think that's where the mindset has to change that. What's another way to insert some vulnerability and the attitude that we're going to risk it all together, but still have something in place to protect us if something goes wrong? Because if we talk about the divorce rights, and I think Kelly is probably the resident expert on this. I mean, Kelly, isn't it fair to say that divorce rights in this country are between 40 and 60 percent, depending on who you talk to? Yes, absolutely. And so what we're talking about is that um, we aren't staying in relationships till death do us part. But, uh, you know, one of the things is, is thoughtfully entering into and leaving these marriages. And so... Um, I want to talk for a moment, and I think we may start with Dr. Neely on this one. Uh, something that I see in divorce divorce conversations, uh, Dr. Neely, is that 
because there are no prenuptial or postnuptial agreements or marriage contracts other than till death do us part, if, uh, you know, Kelly and I got married and we decide, or I decide that it's just not working for me anymore, I have to start villainizing her. I have to make her the bad guy versus just saying I'm done. So do you see how prenuptial or postnuptial agreements prevent this in some way? You know, I see, I think at the end of the day, you know, hurt people hurt people. And so a lot of what I see, maybe even more than that, is that people get into relationships and don't have honest conversations. They don't talk about the things that really need to be talked about up front. And so when something goes wrong, the only way that I can emotionally get out of, get out of it is by making you the bad guy or making her the bad guy. And so if conversations, and I mean real conversations, not the surface stuff, really happen up front, then I think a lot of where we end up can be prevented. But, you know, I see couples all the time who've been married, I'm talking 10, 15 years, and when I start asking questions about money and questions, things that you think like, well, of course she knows that. She has no idea because they don't really have the in-depth conversation. And so do you think, uh, Kelly, that these prenuptial agreements then offer, I mean, they really are affording the couple the opportunity to have some of these conversations that they may not have otherwise? Yes. In fact, one of the requirements to have an enforceable prenup is to have full and complete financial disclosure. I can assure you that you can go through some pretty in-depth counseling for premarital counseling and still not have a clue how much credit card debt the other person has. And this is what makes prenups for everybody, not just for the rich people, to know what kind of assets and debts are out there and um, to discuss that fully before signing on to the marriage. Dr. Neely, that's one of the things you brought up is how difficult it is for folks to talk about their financials. And I'm going to give a, 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 a hilarious quote that I read, and, and that's why I like the fact that we're on uh, digital radio. Uh, a grandma was talking to her uh, granddaughter, and the granddaughter said, I feel so awkward asking him about, you know, his finances or how his, you know, about the business or anything. And she goes, the grandma said, honey, you put his genitals in your mouth, but you can't ask him this other thing? I can assure you that the family law attorneys talk about this all the time. When mom and dad get up there and they're like, oh, he's just a horrible person. And we're like, and you lay naked with him, so he can't be that bad. That's right. But what do you think it is, Dr. Neely, where we can have these close sexual relationships with folks, but when it comes to, I mean, it is mind-boggling to me that when it comes to, you know, prenuptial agreements, women lock up. And I, I really want to dig into this. And is it because women were socialized to play nice and that this contractual agreement takes all the romance out of it? You know, a little bit of it is like that. But, you know, I think the big thing is that kind of this mentality that if we talk about money, especially the woman, then she's a gold digger, then that's what, you know, I don't want to bring up money with him because he's going to think that's what I'm after. And so I think that whole kind of societal mentality that, you know, men are the breadwinners and men are the ones making more money kind of puts a lot of women in the defensive mode of, well, I can't talk about that because I don't want him to think that I'm just after that. You know, I want to go ahead and seal the deal and get – and get the marriage on the You would be surprised. Well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I am surprised <laughs> when women come into my office and they're like, okay, we're going to work this out. This divorce is going to go really easy, but I don't want you to ask for half right now. Right now, let me just see if I can get him to give it to me. And I'm looking at her like, girl, you already have half. 
You know, it's crazy that the whole time, even through a very contentious divorce, they'll be like, slow play this, be nice, don't ask for documents, just tell them you want, you know, let's just move towards getting half. And would you say, you know, Kelly and and Dr. Neely, I mean, either one of you, of course, uh, this goes back, in my mind, this whole angst about prenuptial agreements, marriage contracts, and then the process of the divorce is that everybody's been, the women have been socialized to play nice. Yeah, you know, I think that's a large part of it. And then the underlying thing of, well, if we talk prenup, that means that we're kind of inserting this whole idea of divorce ahead of time, that we're giving ourselves (laughs) an out. And I think, you know, that's kind of what people think. Well, if I bring it up or if I even want one, am I giving, am I dooming the marriage because I'm kind of attracting this negative energy to me by talking about it? And I think it goes back to what I mentioned before that, there's a way to make sure you feel like you're risking it all, but still have some protection in place. And we have to switch how women kind of the paradigm, how they think about marriage, um, to be able to really make a make a dent in this in a different way. And what do you think that switch needs to be? Is that we we recognize that there is a business component to marriage? I mean, in my mind, it's the business of marriage. I mean, we're running we're running a a business, the fact that our family, I mean, it's around our family. We have a home, but, you know, we have bills to pay and income and expenses. And, I mean, the romance to me is is part of it, but I think when you talk about this paradigm shift and how women think, I, I just, to me, we can't be powerful if we don't access the power that's available to us. And I think prenuptial agreements and marriage contracts are one of those things. I like the idea of keeping it in the context of just confirming the agreement you already have. If you and your future spouse anticipate one or the other taking a less dominant career, then you need to paper perhaps an additional contribution to an IRA or a disproportionate division of the estate because that person who takes a less dominant career to care for the children or whatever will not walk out of a divorce on an equal footing as the more dominant career person. So just paper it. If that means emotionally you say, sweetheart, this is what we've decided for our future. This is how we anticipate our marriage and our family to grow. Now let's paper it. I don't think you're asking for anything more. Yeah, and maybe on top of that, going back to, okay, so if we paper it, that's one piece of it. But what about the feeling of, being able to say we're in it together, we risk it all. You have to find also another way to make sure that that's inserted because I think the reason people get in trouble emotionally, especially if you look at an example where maybe there's a woman who's coming in and she doesn't have as many assets and he wants the prenup, she may look at it from the standpoint of, okay, wait a minute, you know, it's because once again you think I'm the gold digger. So, you know, you don't trust me. The lack of trust is there up front. So what can that couple do to let her know that, hey, I still trust you. I trust you a lot. And because I trust you, I want to make sure you're taken care of. Well, Carlene, I mean, I know that you treat families that are dealing with uh, adultery. They come in and, and you're trying to find that common ground where somebody can say, you know, I will stay married, but fool me once, 
shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Well, let's bring it down to a post-divorce where you're saying, all right, I'm going to trust you to not cheat on me again, but I'm not going to be anybody's fool. So if you do, you need to sign this this post-nup that says I get 75%. That's all in, if you ask me. And I agree with that. I Go ahead, Sarah. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, and this is where I think women, again, lock up emotionally and mentally when when something like this happens. And, and Dr. Lealy, as, as um, uh, Kelly said, you see this all the time where we're not looking at the assets as part of the divorce we're, until we use them as weapons. Would you agree with that? Of course, because our emotions get hurt, you know, we've been cheated on, you know, there's so many things that have happened, 10, 15 years have passed, and so, yeah, now we use it in that standpoint. I think that, you know, there's not like a, a, a one-way win, that there's a way to win for, on everybody's end, meaning that the woman can protect herself and feel empowered, we can have the paper in, in place, and we can also have this idea of bringing it all together. I agree. I could not agree with you two more. So just for the folks who are listening, prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, um, these are just tools that reinforce, as Kelly and Dr. Neely both said, you know, you find someone you care about deeply and you've said, I'll take care of you, whether you're the woman saying that to the man, because we know that there's a lot of women out there who are the breadwinners, or whether you're a man who's uh, entering into an arrangement where the woman is not working uh, in a career which she might have because she's running the business of the home, um, these prenuptial and postnuptial agreements can offer a degree of protection and security that I think, as Dr. Neely said, if you approach it from the perspective of we just want to solidify this, and as Kelly said, you know, you've said it to me verbally, let's put it in writing. So um want the listeners just to take that into uh, account and also at the end of the show we'll tell you how you can reach out to both of these women to have the conversation on a legal perspective and also to have the conversation on this emotional and relationship perspective now uh, one of my favorite topics is hypothesizing and so we're going to spend the next uh, 15 minutes or so I want to toss out something and certainly back to uh, I am the poster child for being the slow learner on uh, marriage as I said I'm on my third but I think I've got it down right although I want to say that I think we don't live in the world where it's till death do us part anymore and so I want to approach the conversation of entering what if we entered into the uh, the the world of marriage ladies I'd love your thoughts and I guess we can start with Dr. Neely on this one about marriage contracts and by that here's what I mean here's a scenario and I'd love for you to you don't have to agree I'd love for you to you know have a conversation with me about it you know I'm entering into to a marriage, and uh, I signed an agreement that we're going to try it for one year, two years, three years, whatever, and at the end of that time, we're going to evaluate whether or not we both want to stay married, and at the that point, it isn't a divorce so much. I mean, it is, but it isn't that I had to villainize you. It's just one or both of us agree that this isn't where we ought to be. What do you think about that kind of a, an arrangement, Dr. Neely? You know, I think it's complicated. I think that from doing marriage counseling for 18 years now and, and having lots of different couples, some of them that I've seen who've had contracts, some of them who haven't, that it gets complicated because when there's an imbalance of power. And so sometimes it's the person, whoever is the person in the relationship who feels that they have less power, 
um, those contracts sometimes backfire on them in a, in a different direction where they feel like, well, you know what, at the end of the day, maybe I came in this initially this contract worked for me, but now we're 10 years in it and, and things are different and maybe I should have done something different at the beginning of the contract. And maybe Kelly can speak to how those changes happen. I just want to say boo to Sarah Zink, marriage killer. Um, why don't you just date? Just date. Just hook up. Just shack up. Gosh. I mean, if you're going to buy the cow, buy the cow. Yeah, till death do us part and all that, right? Well, so then what do you think would be, I mean, think about the 50% of the people who are getting divorces, Kelly, as many as you see. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is this going to be impactful to your business? Is that why you have that grin on your face? <laughs> no, I think personally marriage is like one of the most supreme existences, relationships, experiences that a human can have. Go for it. Do it. Figure it out. Um, you, It's not that complicated. Get empowered. Learn how to communicate clearly respect one another get some counseling go to a lot of counseling probably um, no it's a wonderful thing it's great for children to have to have parents and it's it's good it's part of the design and let me say this, just- I don't want to be known as the marriage killer of course now boo to me this is really for me about the 50% that don't make it And what ends up happening, and I think Dr. Neely can speak to this, is that we aren't, as a culture, emotionally intelligent enough to say, hey, Kelly, you are a great person, but this marriage isn't working for me. We've been to counseling. It's not working. So we have to have all this angst. And I mean, is that really where we hope it's still death to us part, but we try to have a really solid pre and post or post nuptial agreement? (laughs) I mean, help me here, Kelly. Or Dr. Here's my thing. I don't think marriage oh, okay. is a, marriage needs to be less spoken of in terms of an investment for a woman. Oh, you really scored with that guy, or oh, we're so proud of you for ending up with Mr. Rich Pants or whatever. Um, it, it needs to not be a savior situation or a, some kind of a financial invest, investment where the woman is then seen to have have it set. And I think the divorce rate just simply reflects the changing. Uh, demographic and the change gender roles. A lot of men want their women to be working, not just because they want the money, but because they want to have uh, intellectual stimulation and kind of have that team effort at home. And I think a lot of women uh, did not invest in their education and their career. They took for what, and the, and the world is not there for them either. The world doesn't say, hey, hey, if you need to, to make this more flexible, if you need to come in in yoga pants because you're going to go to a pediatrician's office and sit there for two and a half hours today, great. We still want your brain and your, your intellect here at this, this place of employment. So that's not really there for them. And so there's, you know, in the process of working through all these issues, you're going to have divorce. Yeah, and I and I think back to what you you said, Sarah, that angst is there because nobody wants to be the bad guy. So even if you know it's not working, it's like I almost want to do something to make him pull the first move because I don't want to be the one to say, well, she filed for the divorce. And it all goes back to communication, to having that those honest conversations initially to where, look, if something goes wrong, how do we plan to handle this, as opposed to kind of being passive aggressive and letting all the other stuff get in the way. What? Passive aggressive? Who? Who? Me? Passive aggressive? Imagine that, right? (laughs) I imagine that. 
All right. Well, ladies, I have I can't tell you how much I enjoy having you on the show every time. And uh, Dr. Neely, you and I are actually going to be back on Thursday of this week talking about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of affairs. So uh, y'all be sure to tune in and listen to that. Uh, if folks want to reach out to you, Dr. Neely, we'll start with you. If folks want to reach out to you, whether they're local to you in San Antonio or anywhere, um, how would they do that? Sure. The best way to reach me is online at richardsoncounseling.com. If you are in the local San Antonio area, you can call us at 20-523-4200. Excellent. And uh, you've written a book. You know, the way you and I first met, I think, was uh, the book you wrote about hair shaming, wasn't it? Yes, my book is called Straight Talk, and the premise behind the book really looks at kind of the idea of what we're talking about now, which is empowering women, but starting really young to empower girls to know that their natural beauty is um, everything and that they don't have to change who they are to be loved. I think if girls start out like that, then they don't end up in marriages where they let themselves be taken for granted. Agreed. And Kelly, uh, let the listeners know, how can they connect with you, again, whether they're local to Fort Worth or whether they're anywhere else in the listening area? My website is DeckerPool.com, and my email is Kelly at DeckerPool.com. If you call me, just know I am very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And let's qualify. It's Pool, P-O-O-L-E. Uh, .com. And so I want to just remind you all that my guests today have been Kelly Decker, attorney, uh, family law attorney with Decker Pool, P-O-O-L-E dot com, and Dr. Carleen Neely with the Richardson Counseling Group down in San Antonio. And you can connect with her at richardsoncounseling.com. So ladies, thank you both for making time to be on the show today. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you, and I look forward to having you both back again. Good luck, Carleen. You too. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Sarah Says here on Blog Talk Radio, and this show is by you, for you, and about you. And so if you have an idea for a topic or for a guest that you'd like for me to consider, just go to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Zinc, Z-I-N-K, dot com, or you can go to Facebook, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Z, Says, S-A-Y-S, on Facebook and send me a message. Let me know what you think. And until we get together again, my friends, you have been zinked. Listen up!